0: Hello, and welcome back to Daggish America Presents. I'm your host, Ben Harl. And as always, I'm so happy to have the opportunity to talk to you about the industry that I work in. On last episode, we spoke with Dennis Wharf about crop protection and growth regulators. And if you haven't had a chance yet, please go back and give it a listen. In this episode, we're gonna talk about how to inspect for stored product pests. We'll discuss the tools needed to conduct a proper inspection, where you should look inside of a variety of facilities, and what you should be looking for. We've invited Bob Warren from Degish America to join us to go over some of the most important inspection techniques you'll need to know in order to put together a proper treatment plan. So please help me welcome Bob to the podcast. Bob, thanks a lot for taking some time out of your busy afternoon to talk to me a little bit about stored product pest control. I appreciate it. No problem, glad to be here. I did give a little bit of a, you know, introduction to you before this, but let's uh, give you an opportunity to kind of tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Well, I've been in the food slash pest control slash fumigation business since about 1988. My background is food management is what I went to school for at Kansas State University. Uh, And then shortly thereafter, after I was quality control manager at a large mix plant, moved over to the pest
0: control fumigation side of the industry and have been uh, doing it ever since. Okay, awesome. All right, let's, let's just jump in here and kind of talk a little bit about this. You know, this season we've talked a lot about pests, the actual pests, the why of the fumigation industry, you know, why we're fumigating in the first place and And so we're talking about, you know, some pest ID and some other things like that, you know, uh, all of the normal standard insects that we, we run into or pests that we run into that require fumigation. But I wanted to talk a little bit about some of the tools of the trade, the inspection techniques, things of that nature. So let's just start out by having you kind of introduce us to some of the tools of the trade, some of the things that we use in order to inspect and or fumigate for some of these stored product pests.
1: Okay, well, I I think first of all, you have to determine what type of facility you're going into so you can tweak maybe some of the tools that you're gonna bring along. You know, is it a dry processing facility or wet processing or a combination of both? You know, is it a warehouse setting, production setting? You need to understand at least the basics of the products and services that are offered by your customer so that you can determine what's important to that facility and determine what tools you need to bring. A minimum would be obviously, um, you know, hard hat, hairnet, earplugs, safety glasses. Most places will require steel toed boots. I would also suggest that you have knee pads available because you should be getting down and looking in nooks and crannies. So uh, you're going to need to have your knees protected and be comfortable. Obviously, you'll have work clothes on. You don't want to be in business attire because you are going to get down and dirty. You know, And then you're going to need a flashlight. You need to make sure that, you know, that you've got something that you can view hard-to-see areas and hard-to-reach areas. With that being said, you need to make sure that you touch base with your customer prior to your, you know, starting the inspection to find out if they have a policy on glass. You might not be able to bring in a traditional flashlight. You might have to change that around a little bit, but you want to make sure that you're following all the uh, safety protocols for your customer and what they require. You know, another thing that you're going to need, I would say, is a scraper some type of scraper to be able to dig out and uh, reach cracks and crevices. And you can also use that to break up a hard product. If you find a chunk of product in a hard to reach area, you know, maybe dried up flour or a mix that's dried up and uh, you need to break it open and see if there's insect activity in there or not. You need also need, I, I say a mirror, but again, I fall back to that check glass policy, you need to have some type of instrument that you can use to inspect overhead areas or hard to reach areas on the floor. So it might not be obviously a glass mirror. It could be a metal stainless type reflection device that allows you to do that. There's all different types. There's some have a glass reflection, but then others have a metal reflection capability. So again, touch base with your customer and find out what can and cannot be used. That's the most important thing. Also, you need to have a notepad where you can take detailed notes. If you're not going to use a notepad, a lot of people have their phones or tablets. You need to make sure that all of that is approved by your customer because sometimes you cannot take electronic devices into certain areas. But something to make sure that you can take detailed, specific notes of the areas that you're inspecting and what you're finding with that, when you're going into the customer site, you can touch base with the customer prior and maybe get layouts of the facility so you can, you know, make sure that you've, you're talking apples to apples when you're writing your report, that you're identifying the correct area of the facility and you can use that map or plant layout to assist. Sometimes the best thing to do is uh, get the rodent control device map. That should be pretty specific. If they don't want to share that with you for some reason, you could always get a fire extinguisher layout. Those are usually pretty good as well. And then when you're going, you know, you start to go through, you need to talk to your customer about their policy on taking pictures. A lot of facilities will let you take pictures if you ask in advance, as long as you're not taking pictures of specific product names and something that's going to identify that plant. But again, you need to make sure that you touch base with your customer, get their policy on that, and uh, because pictures are good, if you're putting a report together, a detailed report together for the customer, a picture's worth a thousand words, and uh, you oh, can yeah. identify that area very quickly and show them, hey, this is what I found at this point in time. So I, I think those are the basics, and again, you might tweak it a little bit. You might need a dust mask uh, if it's a very dry, dusty facility. Just You might need coveralls. You might need, depending on if it's a a highly sensitive area, you might need a a Tyvek suit. It just depends on, again, what the customer is requiring and the, the nature of the operation.
0: Right. Yeah, I think another tool that we use a lot, and this is part of a service, but it's also a tool that works excellently, in order to identify pests and kind of identify hotspots, and that's pheromone monitoring. Did you want to talk about those? Yeah, a lot of times when I was going out to customer sites and trying to uh,
1: get the business per se, uh, especially in warehouse settings, sometimes I would take a pheromone in with me, let the customer know I had a pheromone badge to just use as a monitoring tool as I'm walking through, and you'd be surprised at the amount of insect activity you can spot, especially like flyers. Let's say Indian meal moth. They uh, the pheromone badges work pretty good, and so it would allow you to possibly identify a hot spot, increase your inspection time in those areas, and then obviously when you're going through the inspection. You're going to talk to your customer about what type of program they have in place. If they've got a pheromone monitoring program, you're going to want to know you know, what types of pheromones they have, meaning specific insect type they have. And then also what type of pheromone trap do they have? Do they have the uh, flying traps that are ha- hanging up? Do they have the ground, I call them hockey puck style <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> traps? So you need to definitely take those pheromones into consideration and and look and see what they have as well.
0: And the nice thing, too, is a lot of times if they allow you to, you can look at some of the previous findings, like the service reports, you know, for the pheromone monitors or some of the uh, previous inspection reports. Kind of use the facility history to your advantage, too. You know, I mean, if you historically see the same kinds of insects in the same kinds of areas year after year, that's going to give you a pretty good indication of where a problem may or may not be. Now, you can't rely on that, of course. You still need to do a full facility inspection, but it's certainly going to help you find some hot spots.
1: Right, and that depends on what, like I said, what kind of type of inspection you're doing. If you're doing an inspection, let, let's say that it's not an existing customer for you, but they have welcomed you in the facility and said, "Hey, we would welcome an inspection for you to, you know, to come through and give us suggestions and everything." They might not allow you to look at you know, previous service reports. Uh, the other thing is, depending on The level of expertise that that particular service technician has that's inspecting the facility, they might not be noting anything. You know, I I was quality control manager at a mix plant and had a uh, technician from a company come in, do the service, hardly documented any insect activity. We went back out. I showed them where we had a major red and confused flower beetle problem. And then on his next service report, that appeared (laughs) 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 out of the blue. (laughs) So um, you have to be careful on reviewing service reports. They might be very, very detailed or they might not show anything. And you can't get pigeonholed into thinking, okay, there's nothing in this facility, you know, and they're not seeing anything. You, You need to be those eyes. And obviously, if you're providing the service or your company is, you want to review those Service reports to see if there is any activity noted, but again, don't fall into the trap of well, we're not seeing anything, so there's probably nothing in this area. You you want to be the detective. You want to go in from the start and make sure that you're looking at every nook and cranny and uh, identifying hotspots. And that that comes with experience. I mean, if you've been into you know, I've, I've spent the majority of my time in flower and feed mills. You know, I know where to, to concentrate looking in those areas where more than likely the problem was going to be. But with that being said, you still need to look at other areas that normally maybe don't create a problem, but they, they could be in, in that one situation that you're in.
0: So, yeah, every single um, facility but, is different every single time you're in it. So you can't, you, it's every, good to have a starting point, but you can't rely on it.
1: Correct. Every, facility is completely different and even if they are owned by the same company the practices might be totally different from the other because you've got different managers and different ideas of what's important. I was a quality control manager, you know, in my early years at a mixed plant and obviously quality and all that goes with it were my focus, but I dealt with the production manager who had a totally different view on things. And his idea was, you know, Hey, I, I got to crank this product out. We can't stop. We can't lose any production time for cleaning up or anything like that. We've got to get our, uh, our product out the door. So depending on what glasses you have on depends on, uh, the focus.
0: Right. Yeah. You're absolutely right on that. So what kind of things do you look for when you're inspecting for stored product pests? Let's start out with insects. What kind of things do you look for when you're looking for insect activity inside of a structure?
1: Well, the big thing is I think you need to make sure that you, when you walk into a facility that you observe the full room, the full space. Do you see any flying insects right off the bat? Do you see crawling insects? Do you see insect trails? Do you see dead insects? I mean, if there's insects present, you're going to be able to find them in one form or the other. Whether they're dead or there's trails or activity, uh, evidence of them being there, you want to make sure that you're looking for that. As part of that, you want to, as you're walking through the facility and, and looking, if the customer allows, you want to take time to talk to some of the people that are in the facility and you have to be very careful here because you don't want to throw up a red flag that something's wrong in the facility, that you're, you're there to find a problem or anything like that. But you want to talk to and listen to the people that are there 24-7. Uh, a lot of times I'll go into facilities and, you know, just talk to, you know, somebody on the, the sanitation staff and they'll say, you know what, we, we've had a red flower beetle problem over here in the sifter area for the last month and a half but nobody's listening to what we're telling them. Yeah. Again, there's politics involved there and all kinds of things you got to be careful of. But the people that are in the field and on the floor, they know a lot of stuff that's going on. And you, you should you should try to take advantage of that as soon as you walk through the door and you're starting your inspection. But again, for the insects, you're going to look for everything from alive to dead to just trails to casings, to, you, know, you name it, you're going to look for it.
0: So when you say trails, you're talking about trails in flour or spilled product, right?
1: Right. If there's dust on the floor, and especially in areas that are not cleaned on a regular basis, if you'll look at that dust on the floor, whether it's flour dust or product dust from whatever product they're making, you can see it looks like squiggly lines, (laughs) That something's been running through there. That's an insect trail. Yeah, and uh, it's a definite giveaway that there's something going on. The hard to reach areas are the best to look because if you're out in the middle of the warehouse floor that's got a lot of traffic and there's not a accumulation of product, you're not going to find trails. You're going to want to look in between the pallets, back along the inspection line. You know, the areas that don't get swept on a regular basis, even looking up on ledges, say, if you're in a, a warehouse setting that you look up on the frames of the the uh, different racks that are there. And usually you'll see some type of product buildup or spillage because they can't get to all of it. But if you look real close, you can possibly spot some uh, insect trails. And that goes also when, when you're looking at that, depending on the level of dust and debris that you find will give you an insight as to what the company's cleaning practices are somewhat like. They might be very good at polishing and buffing the floors. So when you walk down the aisles or in in the uh, production area, they're nice and clean. But if you get off to the side and look in the hard to reach areas, that'll tell you what kind of program they have and or what kind of sanitation team they have. So it, it gives you an idea of what's important. Is there trash everywhere? Trash receptacles are they empty? Are they overflowing? Are they full? Are they covered? If you go by a trash receptacle, pull out the trash liner and look underneath the trash liner. You know, if you open up a trash can and you got a plastic liner in there, and you just pull that liner up and look, and there's just dirt, and debris, and and moisture, and insect activity in that trash can, that's, that's not good. So, again, all this is clues as to where a possible problem might be, but also lets you know what kind of uh, sanitation program they have.
0: Right. They may um, be able to solve some of their problems just with some simple sanitation amendments or measures.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, some of it is is as easy as, you know, if you have a an area like a mop closet and they're complaining about Gnats or drain flies or something along that line, and they don't want to have any type of insects. Of the obviously, they're in a production area, and you've got your sanitation supplies stored near there. You could be breeding insect problems right near production where you're keeping your sanitation tools. So you you want to make sure that all that's well maintained and cleaned. Look in the closets again. You want to look and see how they're sanitation tools are available? Are they hanging up on the walls? Do they have brooms, brushes, collection barrels, mops? Are they using an air hose? Is all of it stored properly? Again, that goes a long way with finding out what's going on in that plant.
0: So what kind of things do you want to look for? Because I mean, obviously when we're inspecting these facilities, I mean, store product pests, it's a very wide, it's a wide range of pests that we have to look for. Uh, that also includes rodents, what kind of things would we look for if we were trying to figure out if they had any kind of a rodent infestation?
1: The number one thing that's easy to find, <laughs> I say easy to find, depends on the level of infestation. I've been into facilities, as soon as I opened the door, I could smell them. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm sure you've been in there, and unfortunately, I've walked into restaurants that I got the same odor in restaurants that were infested, and obviously I didn't stay in that restaurant. I <laughs> put the, I chose another restaurant to eat. But yeah, yeah if the od- odor is, you know, number one. I mean, if, if you're smelling that uriny rodent smell, you've definitely got a huge problem. That hopefully is not the case. But the other thing you're looking for is rodent droppings. You know, anywhere from mouse droppings, which are smaller, to Roof rat or Norway rat droppings, which are bigger, you want to look for those droppings. And again, that'll be in usually the the hard to reach areas. If it's a warehouse situation, on uh, racking shelves or you know where it's during the product, you see it on that overhead ceilings. If there's drop ceilings, you can get into the drop ceilings and do a quick inspection and see if there's any evidence of them there. We used to you know concentrate on black lighting looking for urine from rodents, uh, which will fluoresce. But a, a lot of people have moved away from that because, again, you have glass policies. Their companies don't want them to take that into the building. But also, you've got so many chemicals and products that fluoresce that if you don't have the experience of knowing what to look for, you could misidentify an area that's saying that it has rodent activity by fluorescing something that's not urine. So I think that you should really concentrate on looking for the signs of the rodents, the droppings, the chewed product or gnaw marks, nesting material, you know, again, odor. I think you can spot rodents and their activity quicker visually than than trying to use a blacklight. And some inspectors might disagree with me, but I think that, again, I think if you're spending time trying to blacklight everything, you're going to miss the other uh, evidence.
0: So, you mentioned taking notes during an inspection. I would assume that that would kind of be inclusive in like an inspection checklist. So, in conjunction with like maybe some notes that you're taking during your inspection, uh, would you recommend that an inspection checklist be used? And if so, what are some of the things that you think it should include?
1: I do. I, you know, I think a checklist is definitely going to be the items that you need to concentrate on during your facility tour. It should cover all the areas of the facility that lend itself to potential pest issues. The checklist should break down the facility to manageable areas. And when I say manageable areas, you want to say, okay, here's where I'm going to start. I'm going to start in the warehouse. And then I'm going to move to production area and then storage, which would be ingredients, processing supplies, break rooms, locker rooms, maintenance shop, boneyard, and boneyard if most people know what that is, but a boneyard is basically where old equipment is stored that's no longer being used by the facility or is in, in need of repair or is a backup piece of equipment. So that's what I call a boneyard. Each area should be inspected thoroughly, and you're going to take detailed notes of the findings in those areas. One area may be a source of the problem. If you if it's overlooked, you didn't know that you had the problem there, so you can't find a solution. The checklist would prompt you to ask questions for each area and then determine if more areas should be added or in-depth inspection is needed for some of those areas. You know, I say don't be the inspector that cannot see the forest for the trees. You want to make sure that on that checklist that you've broken down each area and detailed what you found. And again, before you go into the facility, you want to have Checklist that prompts you to go to these areas and look for those. I spoke earlier of the sanitation closet or where they're keeping their supplies. That should be on the checklist. In that checklist, you might ask are they storing their supplies correctly? Are their their mop buckets dry and free of debris and moisture while being stored in the the sanitation room? So it's things like that that detail the, the questions that are on that checklist that make you dig into each area.
0: One of the things I like the most about inspection checklists are a couple of things. Number one is it really leaves no stone unturned. So if you go, and I've done this, if you go in and you inspect a facility and you don't use a checklist and then after you leave, you know, on the drive home, you think, oh, man, I forgot to check that one place or, you know, I forgot to ask that one question. The checklist, if you're checking off everything on that checklist, you're not missing anything that you intended to go in there and ask about or inspect or look into so it it really eliminates forgetfulness because we all get that way sometimes you know especially when we get busy and then the other thing that i like about them too is they're customizable i mean of course you know there's always some blanket general questions or general things that are going to be on a checklist that are going to be the same regardless of what type of facility you're in or what facility you're in but You can customize these things like you mentioned the mop closet. You know, if this facility has a history of having insect problems in their mop closet, you can customize a checklist to include that for every time you go and inspect that particular facility looking for a problem. So that's the other thing that I like so much about these checklists is even though some of the stuff's general, you can customize them and make them very geared toward particular facilities.
1: Correct. And that, that's why when we were talking earlier, I said, you know, you have to, before you even walk through the door, you need to have an understanding of what that customer manufactures or produces or stores there so you can tweak your checklist to make sure that you're covering those areas. You know, if it's a wet processing area, you're going to be looking for different things than if it's a dry processing area. You know again, you need to have a full understanding of what that facility does and how they process because if if you're going to the packaging area and they're a bottling plant, well, you're really probably not going to be looking for red and confused flower beetles
0: right, you right. know because you, you're
1: a totally different operation. so you do need to tweak that checklist and you know you could have a standard one for say, a flour mill or a warehouse or a candy factory or a brewery, you know, you can have standard things that are in there. But then again, each facility is going to be different and require different things to look at. When you get in there, you could go from one brewery that's owned by ABC Company, and they're in Houston, Texas, and they might have a totally different style operation, again, depending on the manager's Preference and all that, then the ABC company that's in Nashville, Tennessee, right? Don't get caught up thinking, okay, this is all I got to look for. Make sure that checklist is tailored to that specific plant, that type of operation and always think outside
0: the box. Yeah, and you also have to take geography and seasons into consideration too. You know, you mentioned Nashville and Houston, you know what I mean? But if you have ABC, you know, as an example, bottling company in Houston, you know, inspecting that facility in November is going to look a lot different than inspecting a sister company that's maybe in New York State in November. The pest pressure is going to be vastly different in those areas at those different times of year.
1: But with that being said, even if you're in, say, upper New York in November, December, it's very cold outside. So you might not have the pressure coming from the outside, but the plant itself is uh, heated and warm. So you've got the opportunity for not only insect activity there, but you've got the opportunity to draw potentially rodents into your facility that have decided, okay, it's time for me to move inside now.
0: (laughs) Right. You have to think outside the box and think about everything. You're absolutely right on that. So I only have one question left for you, Bob, Um, and I like to ask this question at the end of all of the conversations that I have for the podcast just because you know I I always find it interesting what people think. But what kind of advice would you give a new fumigator about inspecting facilities for stored product pests?
1: Well, I come back to what we talked about earlier that there is no two facilities are exactly the same. And I'll use a flour mill. one One flour mill can be totally different from another in many ways. It, the equipment that's in the flour mills is different. You know comes from different manufacturers, can have completely different challenges when it comes to cleaning and or processing, thus creating new opportunities for potential for you know insect activity or insect issues to crop up. I talked a little bit about it before, that you know facilities owned by the same company, Can have different views on what's important to sanitation and the quality control process so you might be going into one facility that's accepting of large numbers of insects present while a sister plant you know shuts down for treatment with only a few insects observed pay close attention to the age of the facility as it ages more issues can arise foundation issues cracks and crevices develop Wear on machinery causes more leakage or maintenance needs to keep them operating efficiently. The other thing is, you know, be careful not to insult current practices by either the facility you're inspecting, sanitation team, or the current pest provider. You don't know what type of relationships are there. Be professional at all times, offer constructive observations to help solve the existing problem. And you know, and to help prevent a future one from possibly arising. When you come in the door, you're there to be an asset, uh, extra set of eyes, not to place blame. So you know, always take the high road, and let your experience and professionalism be what makes you and your company stand out from everyone else. It's a big industry, but yet it's a small industry. Um, <laughs> yeah. You can give yourself a black eye that's not going to go away for many, many, many years if you stumble and uh, make the mistake of, I'll say, being holier than thou. Nobody's perfect. There's no operation that's perfect. But like I said, take the high road, be there to be an asset for the customer.
0: This year's janitor could be next year's CEO. You never know who you're talking to, or where they're going to end up. So, always be respectful, right?
1: (laughs) Correct. I went into a a facility one time, and uh, real quick, they was getting ready to fumigate it. and I I went in, it was a seven-story flour mill, and my mistake did not catch that they did not have a uh, elevator in place. So, when I ordered my fumigant back when we used methyl bromide, I ordered 175-pound cylinders, got to the facility, and found out quickly that there's All these had to be taken up the stairs. And I I asked the plant manager, kiddingly, I said, I'd like to meet the certain individual that designed this place with no elevator in place. And he looked at me and smiled and pointed to himself. He says, you're looking at him because I didn't put it in because it cost more money. So, again, be very, very careful on what you say and who you
0: say it to. Yep. Yep. I couldn't agree more. All right. Well, hey, Bob, that's all the time we got today. But listen, I can't thank you enough for taking some time out of your day to to talk to us about this. Uh, I think it's uh, an extremely important topic. So thank you. I appreciate it.
1: Appreciate it. Thanks for all you do and for putting these together. I think it's uh, great for the industry and gives some knowledge to people
0: that are coming in. I, I appreciate that. Thanks. I want to thank Bob for speaking with us today about this challenging topic. Knowing what to look for and where to look is one of the most important aspects of pest control. If you can't find an infestation or a potential for infestation early enough, you may end up with a much larger and more expensive problem. Now, we only have one more episode left for Season 3, but I promise you it's an episode with a ton of valuable information we'll be discussing one of the best tools you'll need to both identify and control stored product pests, pheromone monitors. And remember, if you have a question you'd like for us to answer, please feel free to email us at podcast at degishamerica.com. And you can also find us on our website at degishamerica.com or on all of the main social media outlets. So until next time, I'm Ben Harl, and I hope you have a safe and terrific day.